Welcome to episode 12 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, we had a fun surprise this week when we sat down to watch these episodes. I was like, oh, it's just a normal Joker episode. First appearance of Harley Quinn. Yeah, and it's the best Joker episode we've gotten so far. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. It was really just kind of a fun, weird thing. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, and like I always go and do research in the characters, take notes of the first appearances. I'm like, well... This is literally this her is first it. This appearance. is literally her first appearance in the world. This was her birth, and it's it's fun because she she's just kind of there, fully formed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's so weird to go back and see like such a basic use of the character that's now become this huge phenomenon and and so complex, especially this last year with Suicide Squad. Right. Oh, oh how the character has changed. Yes, uh, just, just slightly, just a little bit. But um, yeah, no, I mean, we so we got a, a great Joker episode this week, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a pretty good Bullock episode yeah. too. I, we, I, I like both the of these. First appearance of Killer Croc. Yeah, these are both pretty solid. Yeah, I think this is the first episode where both have been good. Yeah, I oh, or we have a lot of good things to say about them. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I think, I mean, we've had like uh, one-off episodes, so like uh, obviously Heart of Ice, Beware the Great Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like every other time we've done. It's either one episode. good, one bad, or two bad. Yeah, or like it's a two-parter where yeah. like one of them's okay and one of them's a little bit better. But yeah, these these are really solid. I mean, I I I think we're gonna kind of continue to see this trend a little bit. I, I feel like we're in general we're getting more frequently really good episodes. Storytelling's getting just a little bit sharper. You, you can kind of feel that everyone's getting just a little more comfortable in their roles in the show, mm-hmm. and just keeps getting better. And I mean, again, Mark Hamill too. Here, like yep. every episode, he's just this. Better. This I feel like is, like, this is the first time I feel like we're seeing the Joker. Yeah. Like, the other times, he's still working on it, and he still has, like, little things he's tweaking on. Yeah. But when he opened his mouth the first time in this episode, it's like, oh, he's here. This yeah. This is, Joker is, is here now. And, and and as we'll see as we go through the episode, like, the writers actually kind of gave him some stuff to do. Like, gave him kind of some, some stuff to chew on. It, it's He's not just kind of, never that he's ever flat, but he gets to be very dynamic Mm -hmm. in this one it's pretty fun so i guess we might as well jump right in so cameron what happens in the beginning of joker's favor uh a lot uh we have not a lot uh a very humanistic opening this episode is written is written by paul dini Mm -hmm. so obviously we know it's going to focus a lot on gothamites and not as much on batman yeah it's a very big trend for him so we open up to what's the guy's name charlie collins charlie collins the guy who's having the quote-unquote worst day of his life yeah didn't get the promotion his wife's making meatloaf oh meatloaf uh, just his life's punching bag yeah he is that's what he said he's a life's punching yeah. bag he, he's sitting there stuck in traffic on the bridge mm-hmm. just and then suddenly police come and make him get out of the way mm-hmm. And then some guy comes and cuts him off, and he's like, you know what, I've had it at this yeah. point. Well, so the police come, and then the Batmobile. Is, oh, right, 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 So he gets back in traffic, and he has to pull over for the Batmobile. He's like, God, all these assholes. And so mm-hmm. finally, yeah, someone cuts him off, and he's he's done. It, he's done is, with this shit. This is the uh, all it takes is one bad day. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. I'm I like, thought this oh, was going to be like. It's great. I thought this was going to be a lot darker than it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, all it takes is one bad day. Uh, he gets back in his lane. Another car cuts him off, and he's like, I've had it with this shit. And he pulls over, and he starts yelling at the guy, and we see that it's Joker yeah. in the car. And he's freaking out, as you would, that he just cur- cursed out the Joker, uh, family-friendly cursed out the Joker. Well, because I, I think Batman and the police, are, they're chasing after, I think, the Joker, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to escape from them, so he's just, like, stashed away in, like, a, a family station wagon. Yeah. Like, he probably killed some family and took their car. Yeah. 
But what, what I love about this is so, you know, Charlie looks over and he realizes he's harassing the Joker. And the Joker does nothing. Like, he just smiles. He just, he just smiles. He barely even reacts. And he, he then goes calm. And he just slowly kind of creeps in behind Charlie and, like, is using his turn signal. is just totally chilling there, completely calm. And Charlie is panicking, and he's, like, cutting across lanes. He's driving all radically, doing everything he possibly can. And the Joker is just totally just going yeah. with the flow. And it's amazing how effective that is. Yeah. And again, because we know the Joker, we just know that that's how he works. You, you're, you're waiting for that, that snap. But in that calmness... He's so you don't know, yeah. That's the the calm before the storm. You don't know yeah. what is going to happen. That's like him at his most terrifying because you don't you don't know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, it's so it's so good. Yeah. So we he gets off the highway. He goes down this abandoned street. His car breaks down, and Joker is just there waiting for him. Yep. So he gets out of the car, and I love this this little moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he throws two pennies down, mm-hmm. and he says, "Here's my two cents." Yeah. And we get the wonderful Joker PSA. Don't yell at people on the highway. Yeah. We have um, to teach you some manners. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Road rage is not worth it. And he's, you know, uh, Charlie is panicking. Yeah. Joker reaches into his jacket. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he's going to pull out? Charlie's fucked. And he's like, I'll do anything. Please just, I have a family. He's anything? Like, anything. Anything. The, the magic word for Joker. Yep. So he's like, you owe me a favor now, which mm-hmm. is the worst thing you can ever do in this universe is owe Joker a favor. Oh, my God. Right. So then Joker leaves. He takes his, he takes Charlie's license so yeah. he knows how to track him down. And he's just like, yeah, like someday yeah. I'll call you up and I'll need a favor. Mm-hmm. And, and off then he goes. two years later, Yep. Uh, something I was not expecting. Two years no, later, I wasn't either, the story actually. Yeah. starts. Yeah, so then we're at the uh, the GCPD. Mm-hmm. And Gordon's getting honored at, at what, a testimonial? I yeah. Is the word they keep using? Some, some sort of honor dinner right. in Gordon's name. And he, Gordon doesn't want to go. Everyone's convinced him to go because, you know, it's good food. It's a nice place. And what, what I don't understand is Gordon goes into his office and Batman is just there yeah. s- sitting in the shadow. Uh, he's like, I think you should go. He's like, oh, I don't really know. And then he looks back up and Batman's gone. Yeah. Like, what was the point of him being there? There was no crime happening. It, it, there was nothing that Gordon needed to know about. He, he was he was a little bored and lonely, Batman. I think know? it was just, just Batman wanted to, like, maybe Batman just wanted to congratulate Gordon yeah. as Bruce. Because you know. he can't really do that without an, without an event. Yeah. It, it's part of his route, I guess. He just, like, pops off and will just chill in Gordon's. Do you think he's ever just been, like, standing there for ten minutes being like, where is he, he going to come back? I hope so. I think, I hope, <laughs> just, like... I hope there's places where he just the things we don't see is he's waiting around corners and they take a different route or like they take a bathroom break first. Yeah, and he's just like he just still chilling there. I I I so hope that at one point like he was waiting there for like ten minutes. He finally gives up and he's like has one foot in the window frame and then Gordon turns on the light and they have this awkward like moment. Jumps. No, they have this awkward moment. They're like, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep just going. Gonna go. All right, yeah, we just won't talk about this. Is there anything you want to? No, okay. nope. Okay, all right. Well, uh, off I go. Yeah, but I mean, what I did like about this though is that you know the show has gotten to the point now where it's very comfortable with the fact that Gordon and Batman are friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, to your point, he didn't really have much reason to be there other than like to kind of stop by and be encouraging. Unnecessarily, they, they, unnecessarily, but they they were they they had like friendly kind of banter, right? And um, I don't know. It's just it's nice to see that a little bit mm-hmm. that you know they really are friends, and I think they do such a great job with that in the comics, and I think probably more so than any other medium, like, this show allows us moments to show, like, they, you know, they do respect each other, they do appreciate each other, and right. they are straight-up friends. So it's, yeah, it's a nice little moment. Uh, yeah. 
so but then we go to joker's headquarter right and he's seeing the uh, or he he has the invite, or he has an invite to the testimonial, and but, he's upset that he's not invited because I think he said like if it wasn't for him, then Gordon wouldn't even get this award. Yeah, because he caused all this chaos. He really he should be the one up. getting honored, right, for causing all these things. And uh, and there we get the first, first appearance of Harley. First appearance of Harley, yeah, and she's just chilling there, full costume, mm-hmm. just hanging out, and um, and the voice is already down. Like, yeah, that's what amazes me. Like they stuck with that, and it just. Well, because ah, oh, it's great. Well, because I guess the way the way they kind of came to this sort of thing was they just needed a henchman here. They like just for the sake of the plot, they needed to have someone else come in to be like a henchman, so it wasn't just a Joker doing his own thing. And um, what I didn't realize was that so the the voice actress Arlene Sorkin mm-hmm. was friends with Paul Dini for years, and she was a, a she was on the soap opera Days of Our Lives, and in one episode she was dressed up in a Jester costume. And so it was the the inspiration of her in that costume that made him come up with oh, that's Harley. Really interesting. Yeah, in in that sort of look, maybe even just the name too, Harley Quinn. Um, and yeah, they had known each other for years. They know each other since college, and so they just brought in a lot of elements of her personality into it. So it it's kind of fun because Harley is Arlene Sorkin, like from yeah. the ground up, was envisioned based around this person, and the, and the voice is so perfect. It has this kind of bubbly energy, but there is a kind of dark tone to it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Like, it's just cool to see her show up there. And, uh, again, we even talked last episode about how they always make an effort to make the henchmen have personalities. And this is the ultimate example of that. She literally was just meant to be, like, a walk-on, walk-off character Mm -hmm. and is now one of the most recognizable characters, I'd say, in DC Comics. Absolutely. Credit to Paul Dini and Bruce Timm and these guys for for knowing how to just put so much personality into what is otherwise an inconsequential character. Uh, yeah, and speaking of inconsequential characters, the other two henchmen <laughs> are they supposed Segway. to be Tweedledee and Tweedledum? Um, I don't think so. They have that kind of look. They have the yeah. Tweedledee Tweedledum look. Yeah, big, big doofy. Dumb. Reading Tiny Toon Adventures comics. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. I, they have names. I just forgot what they were. I didn't yeah. bother to write them down. Right. I was gonna. I was supposed to research if it was if that was Tweedledee. Tweedledum. Yeah, I don't think they are literally the characters though. Okay. I don't think those characters ever show up in animated. Oh no, do they? Are they in Justice League at one point? No, it's maybe I don't know. I don't we'll know. find out. I, I, in I, vague, years. I vaguely recall them, them being in Justice League, but anyways, we'll, we'll find out yeah. sometime exactly in the next. Three sometime years. in the future. Yes, yeah, so we know that now the Joker's plotting something mm-hmm. with Gordon. And, yeah, something with and, this yeah. uh, testimonial. Yeah, so I'm gonna call up my old friend here. And yeah. What I did love is he owes me a favor. He owes you a favor, and um, we actually see Charlie's old license, mm-hmm. um, and we find out that he lives in Gotham Estates in New York. So I I think Gotham traditionally is in New Jersey, right? It, that would make more sense. Yeah, but I mean I guess it's still it's adjacent, so I suppose it it works. Right. Um, and we get con- maybe it's like Kansas City, where it kind of it's part of both. It's a little bit of both. They don't want to move the border. Yeah, right. And so that's too much work. Yeah. Um, and we also get confirmation that the show does take place in like 1992. There there have been other references before, like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. People magazine and Boy of the Great Ghosts had like 92, and I, I think maybe something with Mr. Freeze, I feel like, too. Uh, I think on like the tape or something. I might have I been, yeah, the, the superbly edited tape. Right. Um, but yeah, so just, it's kind of like, they do have like tiny little details, but um, so you we know he's going to go after Charlie, so we go to the suburbs. Did uh, you spot the cameos in the no, suburbs? No, I missed it. Roberta and Sherman. In the establishing shot, Roberta is selling lemonade across the street, and Sherman oh, rides yeah. by on his bike. Okay. And we're like, oh, cool. It's it's the the same neighborhood, except for we find out that... He's in Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah, Tra- yeah Charlie has moved his family, changed his name, 
Jason, as, as I probably would. As I would Joker, too. Absolutely, if, I would if I had as well. That interaction. I wonder what he told his family to convince them that he had to. Probably just that, like I don't know. Yeah. We should get out of. We should get out of Gotham. I feel and, like it's a pretty, change pretty great thing to do. It's just like, yeah. hey, do you just want to leave this let's, terrible city? Let's go. Let's get out of here. But yeah, so uh, Charlie, who's going by the name of Don now, gets a phone call mm-hmm. from the Joker. It's like, hey, buddy. You owe me a favor. Come um, back to Gotham or I'm going to kill your family. Yeah. As we'll, we'll just call them Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Or, yeah. As they drive by. As they drive by. Yeah. And the family waves obliviously. So off Charlie goes. Back to Gotham. Uh, he uh, is in the truck with Joker. No, he arrives at the airport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we, we get moments where we get exposition from Charlie's perspective. So we, we hear his thoughts, and he's like, oh, if only I could do something to, like, warn Batman and the police. And so he's inching closer to the police to tell them why he's there, and Harley swoops in mm-hmm. disguised as a chauffeur. They're like, hey, Charlie boy, you're coming with me. Um, yeah, so kind of every chance he gets to try and signal Batman... He's thwarted. Because um, the Joker's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Crazy. Smart. So then he learns the favor is all he has to do is open the door. Yeah. Because Harley is pushing in this big cake. She obviously can't yeah. open it at the same time. Because they're they're outside the venue mm-hmm. in uh, the crazy clown catering yeah. truck, which appreciate it for its alliteration. But also, we've talked about this before, why are there any businesses left in Gotham that incorporate clowns? You would think. At this point. They would all be gone. Because right. this episode shows that even two years prior to this, people knew who the Joker was. They mm-hmm. could just spot him and know who he was. Yeah. So you would think if you had a business with any sort of clown relation to it, you would get rid of it because either the Joker would use you as part of his plot mm-hmm. in some scheme because you're honing in on his clown territory. Or the cops would probably just assume that Joker has something to do with that. Yeah, and would probably like raid your store and shoot at you. So I love that... He shows up in the crazy clown catering truck, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I guess he's just never been a fan of subtlety, is he? Because you you would think that there would be police station there who'd be like, "Hey, clowns, should we worry about that?" No, should no, we worry no. That there's no way the he would break truck? into this testimonial party yeah. with all of the top ranking police officers in the same spot. Yeah, there are better places for him to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we see Bruce is there and he's leaving. And so then uh, Charlie enters, and he actually, funny enough, he's kind of created the first bat signal. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, because he's like, oh, I got to warn. Yeah, so, that, oh, so somehow. So the testimonial is in a museum, I yeah, guess. Yeah, some. I, uh, a museum that includes something called the Hall of Inventions. Yeah. But it, it, it's, yeah, that feels like a museum. It's, thing. it's basically, it's, well, it's the, the plot device museum of Gotham. Oh, yeah. Yes. Everything you need. In one building. Just, yeah, for your death trap convenience. Uh, so he's still trying to find a way to signal Batman, mm-hmm. and he sees a giant kind of bat contraption. Bat glider of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks like the old, like, Dick Sprang, big bat-faced yeah. wing glider things. I'm making all these hand motions, like, the listeners they, can they see understand. what I'm doing. But you're saying uh, the, the bat yeah. signal. Uh, and so he kind of swings it through the mirror. I thought he was going to get, like, a light behind it. Yeah. I was a little sad he didn't, but he's swinging yeah. the bat in the mirror, and he's like, there's no way this is going to work but it's kind of the only thing he can do. And we jump back to Bruce uh, being driven away by Alfred. Mm-hmm. Alfred sees the bat in the rearview mirror. He's like, I think someone's calling for you. Yeah, you're getting a bat page. So Batman figures out that something's hap- something is going to happen. You hear the knock on the door. Oh, yeah. So yeah, uh, knock so three Charlie, times, yeah. Charlie opens it. Uh, and it's Harley dressed as a police officer, mm-hmm. wheeling a cake. And what I, I loved the, the great adult moment where Bullock, 
thinks that oh. she's a stripper. Yes. Uh, a oh my god, stripper, that was great. Which is a, one of those great things that no kid would ever pick up on. Absolutely not. Purely for us. Um, so, so she gives him a good thwack with a with a billy club. Yeah, and she's singing like singing like a little jingle. Yeah, I don't remember what it is. I don't know what it is, but yeah, she's basically singing a little, a little tune that basically is like, oh, it all seems fine. Yeah. Surprise, guys, you're fucked. So then what I love is she <clears throat> blows like a police whistle mm-hmm. and she activates sound-controlled candles. That's what I, I yeah, I was trying yeah, to figure that out as she well. She blows the whistle and then the, the candles go out and release a gas. Yeah, it's not Joker gas. It's not I Joker gas. It it's a, it's a, yeah, I thought it was going to be too, but it's a paralyzing gas. It just mm-hmm. freezes people in their tracks. Don't know how that all works exactly, but they're all frozen, and she. Oh, that's right. The Joker pops out of the cake as yeah. you do. Yeah, I mean, he is the showman. Yeah, if someone's popping out of the goddamn cake, it's gonna be him. While while they're frozen, he gives Gordon like a um. It's like a dynamite. Yeah. What's what's the the thing at like prom and weddings that the men corsage, right? Boutonniere? No, that's the that's, that's the that's, waist that's thing. That's the waist thing. I'm pretty sure it's a corsage. Yeah. He, he puts it on, he pins he it, it on he, his lapel. Yeah. Yes, he, yes. He pins dynamite on the lapel. Yes. It's trying to be fancy. I know. I, wait, is it? Hang on. Internet? What's uh, a corsage? That, no, that's the waist thing. No, that's a... Um, Com- that's a... Uh, oh, cummerbund. Cumber- ha! <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. It was a boutonniere. I hope all of this stays in. <laughs> oh, of course it's staying in. <laughs> so while they're frozen, uh, Joker's starting to leave, and Charlie realizes that he is glued to the handle. Yeah. So he can't leave. Joke's on him. Yeah. And he's like, Joker, you told me that I could I get to go home. He's like, I didn't stay alive. Yeah, tough titties. As, yeah, as, as Joker does. And just in the nick of time, Batman swings in. Um, he, yeah, he pops down through, uh, through the ceiling. skylight. It makes sense that he wouldn't break the glass because he, he literally just pops it open and falls through. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, he, he breaks from, everything. Yeah, from a safety perspective, it makes much more sense, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like people can get out of the way of the falling glass, but it's, it's less impactful. I, I appreciated it. I mean, I like the detail, but, you know, there's... I, he's tired of paying, especially in this museum, which I'm sure has been broken into numerous dozens times. of times. Yeah. He's tired of paying yeah, to fix the glass. He's also not supporting Alfred's side business of repairing Gotham. Well, he doesn't know about the side business. This is oh, Alfred's true. private. This is Alfred's secret identity. This is just building Alfred's resentment towards him then. Right. But uh, so I was sad that he didn't break the glass. But anyways, he, he doesn't break the glass. He just pops down there. In a very interesting way, he can't disarm the bomb. He doesn't have time. So he wraps his grappling hook around it and shoots it out of the building yeah. where it conveniently lands on Joker's getaway car. That small moment, though, is handled pretty well because, like, so Joker and Harley are running out of the building. They hear an explosion. Like, wait, that came That's from outside, outside, not inside. And Joker's like, quick, to the van. And Harley's like, oh, sorry, Mr. J. He got the van. And they just literally pan over, and the van's yeah. blown up. Yeah, that was actually pretty well done. So the go- oh, or no, Batman chases after them. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot. that. Uh, yeah, because then Joker's like, oh, yeah, okay, well. We'll tough it out here, and it's just it's, it's a fun little yeah fun little moment. But yes, anyways. Uh, so Batman chases after them, and they end up in kind of some Aztec temple. What the fuck is that? Because yeah, so it, it it's it's designed yeah like an old like Aztec Mayan sort of temple. Some yeah some yeah, Central American it, yeah temple. the sort of thing that Indiana Jones would like work his way through. Yeah. So the the Joker even says it's like an exact recreation even down, down to, to the poison darts, poison darts, and like. Spinning floor death traps over spike pits and mm-hmm. flame throwers, and you're just like, yeah, this is a museum. Why would it have all these things? Oh, so before we get to that, I forgot about um, he fights Tweedledee and Tweedledum 
you they're oh, using the greatest weapons yes. that you could find in a museum. Yes. One of them has a bo a bola. That's the, the yeah. Australian weapon to wrap around that you're supposed to wrap yeah, around people's Batman uses one all the time too. You just throw them. Uh, and the other one is using a lance. A lance. Yep. Which Batman just kind of sidesteps and he's defeated. Yeah. Um, as you would. I also love that uh, Batman's counter to the bola is to throw a batarang, which you assume is going to cut it. No, it just wraps it. Pushes it, it and wraps the other guy. You're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah. physics. If it, well, if it works. And I also really enjoyed it compared to last week's episode where we talked about like Clayface was the only villain. Mm-hmm. That Batman should have a, should have trouble against. We see him against Harley, where she like grabs a knife and he literally just grabs her wrist yeah. and handcuffs her. Like that's how every fight should be that's for him. How, that's how it should be. Yeah, she gets like tiny little bits of dialogue that kind of explain her a little bit. You know, she makes a comment about like she gives a speech like, "Oh my God, I'm just some poor innocent kid who got led astray," and then she grabs a knife and tries to attack him. Yeah, but it, it's the beginning of that kind of that image she projects of like, oh, being like sweet and innocent, but really. Quite deadly. Yeah, and then after she gets handcuffed, she's like, oh, beauty school is looking kind of nice right now. Right. So clearly she's not yet a psychiatrist. Um, but yeah, so he cuffs Harley, and then he goes after the Joker. Uh, where in Batman fashion, in order to stop the Joker, he blows up the muse- the, the temple. Just, you know, fine. Oh, no, so Joker has another bomb. Oh, that's right. Batman falls through a pit in the floor, mm-hmm. like a, re- a revolving circular pit over spikes. But like you see in every Aztec temple. Exactly. And so the Joker assumes that he's dead, but mm-hmm. somehow... Batman's clinging to the bottom of it, and yeah. with what is, I'm assuming, his incredible core strength, flips the thing up and knocks the Joker over yeah. as he's clutching to it. Yeah, the Joker throws a bomb. I think he throws a, the bomb at him, right? Mm-hmm. And Batman throws it down to the pit. Yeah, and so the the whole place blows up. And then this might be one of my favorite moments. You yes. see Joker oh my God, yes. uh, hobble out of the museum, and Charlie is there mm-hmm. uh, holding another Joker bomb. Uh, and this my, I, this is why I think this is the best Joker episode so far. Uh, we see we see Joker's motive, his overall motive, and we never really see that. Charlie has this amazing monologue, which basically says, "You took away like I am nobody." Uh, and when this dynamite blows up, the newspaper headline tomorrow is going to be Joker dies next to nobody. Yeah, and that's going to ruin your dream. That's going to Everything you everything you stand for is going to be ruined at that moment. Yeah, like you, your goal in life is to ruin people's dreams, and now I'm going to ruin yours. No, his goal in life is to die by the hands of Batman, the only person oh, who yeah. can't, who won't kill. And so I think the the like he was so distraught because he was going to die by the hands of someone else, by a nobody. That's true. The Joker legitimately freaks out, mm-hmm. like, like screaming for Batman to help him. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, it starts out not quite so subtly, but he's like, "Oh, what about Batman?" You yeah, know, he's like calling for him, um, but he like legitimately like panics, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, fine, like whatever, like here's all my notes on your family, like like I'll leave you alone, just please leave me." And it's it's fun because he actually he's truly desperate in a way we've never seen before. Right, kind of in any medium, we've never seen him like that. Yeah, well, because it's it's a moment where he's real, and someone has. Someone has kind of taken the spot of chaos. Yeah. They, they've taken the chaos away from him. And he, you see that he is, you know, still a person. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier the whole idea of Joker's philosophy is, you know, one bad day can turn you into a monster. Mm-hmm. And he did that to this guy. Yeah. That he finally pushed him too far. Pushed him, yeah, past the breaking point. Yeah, and this this random guy who he underestimated has now become more dangerous than the Joker because he's genuinely suicidal like yeah because that's the thing at the end of the day the joker is still like a narcissist he's not going to kill himself but this guy will and so he it's a moment for him to actually like break down and be truly fearful mm-hmm. and I, i'm sure mark hamill must have loved it too because it gave him something really 
mm-hmm. juicy to do. I I loved this. I didn't really like that it was all a joke. So we yeah we, so yeah Joker looks into the shadow and he kind of loses his fear yeah when he sees the Batman's just been standing there. Yeah, it's like, like how long okay. have you been here? Long enough. Long enough. Yeah. Um, and then the bomb goes off and it's just confetti and it says a boom sign like yeah. in every um Looney Tune episode. Batman takes the notes, tears him up. Yeah. Charlie's free to go. Yeah. Batman also laughs. Yeah. Which, which is, is weird. It's always weird. I, I didn't like that. No. Oh, it's always weird. Yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of wished that he would have actually become psychotic. Yeah. I, I, I understand for a kid's show, you can't have, yeah. you know, you can't put a nice bow on it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's got to end with him like going back off, being really happy to return to his life. And at the beginning of the episode, he was really bummed about it. He's even mm-hmm. looking forward to Meatloaf. It's not that bad. I don't understand why that I was like know. a trope of the 90s. It's like Meatloaf again. I mean, Meatloaf's kind of ass. I mean, it's pretty bad. But you just like drizzle it in ketchup and it's fine. Yeah. Especially like, spicy ketchup. I guess. Oh, man, that stuff's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> It's a it's a weird texture for, <laughs> for for protein. I don't know. It weirds me out. I understand, but I get what you're saying. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, it does kind of wrap up a nice little bow. But that is a great Joker moment there at the end when he finally really loses it. I'd say that although she's not the the central character in this, the the most noteworthy thing about it is Harley. Right. That it's her first appearance. But there's really at this point, there's not much to talk about with her because she is going to evolve from here on. This is her. Right. Yeah. Her, she doesn't her, have a backstory yet. Yeah. Her she starting is just point. a henchman. Yeah. It's like um, we're going to get more backstory, particularly with Mad Love later on in the show, which mm-hmm. I'd forgotten that actually that was a comic book first from like 94 and they adapted it for the new Batman adventures. OK. And I know she's taken on different iterations over the years and like new weird shit with the new 52 where she's actually dipped in acid. And then, of mm-hmm. course, goddamn Suicide Squad. But she's great here. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing her evolve. Yeah. As we go through the episodes. Any more notes on her or on the episode before we move on to Vendetta? Not too much. I mean, obviously, Paul Dini episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I mentioned at the beginning. It's like he's so good at fleshing out the rest of Gotham. Like these, yeah. right? Like the show is obviously about the villains and and Batman, but Dini is just fantastic at like giving life to the rest of the city. Like it's not just it's not just criminals and it's not just you know this underworld but there are still people yeah there it's still real people living their real lives and I mean, the smart ones that just leave and smart ones that leave yeah I, I like the fact this episode opens from a normal gothamized perspective stuck in traffic mm-hmm. and it, it kind of answers that question of like what do you do when you're stuck in traffic and batman is in the batmobile as part of a police chase that would happen that's it's still real life people mm-hmm. so yeah so it's pretty fun god damn it he's a great writer isn't he yeah well and dini we trust Okay, yeah, so then I think at this point we'll move on to... Vendetta. Vendetta, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first croc episode. Yeah. So what happens? Uh, so the episode starts off with the police escorting an, an informant mm-hmm. through the bay, I guess. Yeah, I, we, we kind of learn in a few minutes that they're he's taking them from... Is it is it Blackgate, or what's, what's the name of the prison? It's not Blackgate, something else. Iron... Iron... I don't know. Hi... I feel like Iron Heights is a prison. I don't feel like it's this prison. No, I don't think it is. But anyways, yeah, so they're escorting a um, yeah a witness mm-hmm. from the prison across the bay in a boat. In all, and he, the informant, is freaking out. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, Spider no, I, Callaway or something like that. Yeah, like, we're going to protect you. It's going to be fine. He's like, no, no, I'm not afraid of the consequences. I'm afraid of who's going to come after me. And then it jumps to a bomb is on the boat. Yeah, the boat so, yeah, up. yeah some, some figure swims by the boat, puts a bomb on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, boat blows up. And someone grabs Spider. You don't see who, but someone grabs Spider before the blow blows up. And mm-hmm. all the, the police jump off into the water. From their perspective, Callaway is missing, and Batman was watching the whole time. On the shore, yeah, or on the docks. Yeah, 
And so he does his detective work. And while the police kind of go and figure out their thing, he's uh, he finds a toothpick mm-hmm. which, at the prison. Yes, at the, on the prison yeah, side, which I did not pick up at first. I was like, yeah, where, I that too. where did he go and where did he find a toothpick? I'm uh, really lost. And the toothpick yeah. is important because we always see Harvey Bullock yeah. chewing on a toothpick. Yeah, who was down at the docks watching all this happen. So we know something's going on. The uh, the the witness is missing. Bullock may be involved. So then we're we're back at GCPD and Bullock's kicked off the case. They don't really explain well, quite beca- why. Uh, well, we learned that the informant is trying to bust Thorne right. from previous episodes. Mm-hmm. He's back. And there's some ancient history between yeah. Thorne so and So we learn Bullock. in the next scene, uh, well, Batman grabs Bullock's file right as Bullock is trying to... Get his own file. Right, to kind is... of probably clear out all this information. Yeah. So um, like, oh, why does he want his own file? And so... we learn that Bullock used to do underground deals with Thorne. Well, uh, no, he was suspected of being on the take. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, so he, but there was not enough evidence to prove it, mm-hmm. and all that happened just before uh, Spider got arrested back in the day, which means that Spider might have some sort of evidence against Bullock that didn't exist before that he doesn't want to get revealed as part of his testimony. Yeah, and, and we do know that Bullock is a suspect. We know he didn't actually grab Spider off the boat himself because he was on the docks, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that he's not kind of pulling the strings in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, at least that's what it's meant to think, but clearly he's going to be innocent. Yeah. And, and Batman is positive it's Bullock. Yeah. Oh, but before, uh, one of the moments that I loved in this episode is we get a new entrance to the Batcave. It was a very small thing, but you oh. know we've had the the bust, press the button, the yeah. piano, you press the sour key. This one, he moves the clock to be twelve o'clock exactly. Yeah, and the clock opens up to the stairway. Yeah, that, I mean, because that is the traditional entrance to the Batcave. It's in the grandfather clock in his office. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a previous episode we just saw like a bookcase slide open. Right. Um, and I think I even read a bit of trivia that was saying like that episode, one of the episode, use that entrance from otherwise from this point on, it's always. The clock, mm-hmm. which, yeah, because they that became, like, canon, because I distinctly recall it popping up in some uh, new adventure episodes in Batman Begins, Beyond. Beyond. Yeah, because Begins is the piano. The piano. Press the sour note. Yeah, I like the clock. I mean, the most fun would be the bat pole. We've, we've talked about this. Oh, yeah, the bat pole is amazing. The bat pole would be the absolute most fun. So, yeah, uh, Batman is positive that Bullock is the one behind all of this. Alfred yeah. is very skeptical, being the voice of reason, as he usually is. You're trying to make Batman keep an open mind on this investigation. Yeah, so then we go to the uh, the cave, mm-hmm. and we see that... So it's kind of underground grotto. Spider's captured down there, and uh, someone comes out of the water. We still don't see who yet. And Spider is terrified mm-hmm. of this guy. Pretty bad. And then we jump to... There's a lot of quick cuts in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we jump to... Thorn. Yeah, he's in his, his greenhouse. I assume it was part of his apartment. Yeah, his big like penthouse or whatever. And so Batman's there, breaks the glass basically to, mm-hmm. to startle him, trying to get information. Doesn't think to go and disable all the guards before he does this. Right. Which, so as I was watching this, it made me think of Arkham and how in some ways the Arkham games have ruined like plots like this for me because you think of like, okay, if I were Batman, which you get to be playing the games, what are you going to do the first thing? You're going to go take out all of Oh, yeah. The guards with guns. He just doesn't do that this time. Well, I mean, he, he has his own method. So the guards come in, and he does the typical hides behind the the boss. Yeah, uses Thorn as a human shield, mm-hmm. and even tells him, your goons better be really good shots. And he has a very like awkward it's... smile when he's saying all of this. Yeah. And so he kind of takes him outside, and they swing across the building, and Thorn is freaking out. 
as uh, you would. Not as not as torturous as last week. Oh right, with the guy um, dangling from the bat wing. Yeah, but still kind of a still kind of a dick move. Yeah, still freaking out. Yeah, and uh, and and Thorne's just claiming innocence. He's like, Spider doesn't have enough on me. I'm not worried about this. I didn't do anything with the boat. So we we kind of have to take him at his word on yeah. some level on this. Somehow this convinces Batman that it is Bullock's fault. For some reason, he just trusts that Thorne's telling him the truth. Because then he goes and finds Gordon out at the the dock scene, the dock still, as they're mm-hmm. investigating what happened to the boat. And he pulls him aside and is like, it's Bullock. It's Bullock. And that, that was a very touching moment. Because the whole show, everyone is kind of always against Bullock. And yeah. he's kind of against them all. And Gordon's like, I understand Bullock's a dick. Yeah. He's kind of an asshole. He is. But he's, a he's still cop. a good cop. Yeah. And like, he's not dirty. Yeah. I promise you. Exactly. So they, Batman's still skeptical. He uh, goes over to the, the wreckage of the boat, which they've pulled out of the water. And he, he finds, we don't know what it is, but it looks like. Like a scale. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a scale, but it's, it's weird. It's like a gray blob. It's like, it's got like hands though, almost. It's like, like Clayface. It's like it's got clay fingers. Back. Yeah. It, well, it kind of looks like Clayface's like bladed claw hands. It's kind of a weird shape, yeah. but he, he finds this thing. And then we're back at the GCPD. Mm-hmm. Um, a shadowy figure dressed as Bullock enters. Yeah. Who sounds like him. Yeah. They don't really go into that. Yeah, it sounds like whatever. him-ish. Yeah. yeah. He's dripping wet. And the guard, he, Bullock asks to see one of the inmates. The guard checks the book. Yeah. And Bullock's like, or the, the Bullock figure is like, I don't have time for this. And just knocks the guard out. It's easier. And he goes and takes another prisoner. Joey the Snail. Thank you, Joey the yes. Snail. I did not write his name down. Yeah, and so at, at this point now, it's there's enough evidence, and so uh, an arrest is warrants issued for for Bullock, and they they all, all the cops swarm at the diner he's at with Montoya, and they arrest him. Mm-hmm. So he's he, he's in trouble at this point. So now Batman's back at the cave, and this he, might be some of the most forced bad writing. Oh yeah, in, in the series to this point. Um, yeah, Batman is researching the scale. It's human, but it's also reptilian alfred comes in with soup right yes uh french onion soup yes. Bruce's favorite um and if it gets too cold this time remember it's in a re it's in a microwavable crock yep <laughs> not crock pot not no, like just a, a crock just a crock it's, a, it's in a crock and Batman's like a crock alfred you're a genius of course yeah, that was that was rough for me so i paused it at that moment and I'm yeah like, it's like that oh, really just happened oh it's bad uh, so then uh, Batman changes good. back into Bruce, yes. drives all the way down to Ocean Worlds mm-hmm. to go to the crocodile exhibit to be there long enough to get a critical piece of information, which is... Was it something... What, was the it crocodiles cro- live in caves underwater. Oh, right. And yeah. again, of course, ah, underwater caves. That must back be Back to the Batcave. Yep. Back, back into Batman. <laughs> and I, I, my, my note here was like, this is super inefficient detective work. And apparently the original ending had the, the fight at the end with Croc mm-hmm. at Ocean World. Okay. So that's why they introduced it. I'm like, why, the bo- why do they bother having okay. this whole thing? But my other thought was, doesn't Batman have the internet? That's, so, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Is Bat- every other time we've needed this kind of crucial piece of inter- uh, information, <clears throat> he has a supercomputer to just kind of answer the question for him. Yeah, like... Like, where do crocodiles live in the Bay River? Yeah, the bay. It, it's, he, I mean, again, it's the early 90s, the internet is in its infancy, mm-hmm. but, you know, we see the Batman has all this fancy tech, and you're absolutely right, like, when it when he needs the information, it's there, but when it's not, he drives all the way down, um, and I even thought, like, oh, because it's 
like he has just a big database and he even says later that he's like scrolling through headlines on microfiche which is like you know you, we see that times in old movies too where it's like micro cells of old newspaper prints and he's scanning through that so he has a, a huge database of that but I guess no internet not this day at least right he goes to the cave he finds spider and the snail snail and it's the first time we see Killer Croc yeah I don't like his character his his uh, his like his look. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. They, he definitely got better with the, the redesign mm-hmm. of the new Batman Adventures. They made him more reptilian. Right. And this one, he's just kind of a gray. He looks like like a not strong Hulk. Like the original yeah. gray Hulk, like a yeah. not strong He's just kind of like that. this weird, like gray, kind of blue. He's like mm-hmm. not really scaly. He's kind of more bumpy. Right. It's, and he has. It's not a good design. He has sharp teeth. That's kind of the only thing. It's yeah. like, I'm a crocodile. Yeah. He's got pointy teeth. Wh- which gives him. Super strength, basically, is what he says. Because he, he basically just beats the crap out of Batman mm-hmm. and shoves Batman underwater trying to drown him. And, of course, go to commercial break, Batman in peril of drowning. Yep. At least Croc is strong. It, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assumed he was going to use some sort of fancy gadget to get out of it. Nope. But, Cameron, what does he do to get out of His super core strength. Yep. He swings his legs up from underwater and kicks Croc in the face. Yep. And the two, Snail and Spider, get breathing apparatuses the, the same something. ones that croc put on them to get them oh, to the cave that's they what put them it the back on and swim out i missed that part and uh and i just thought they just like just came out them. of thin air yeah would have been feasible yeah so uh it's a batman he I think he like ties croc up real quick right and then he, he follows them mm-hmm. to get them out that of hog tie hog tie practice comes back into use yeah um so he grabs the goons um and they they get away they actually do get away clearly batman turns the the goons over to protective custody and now he's back at the cave, and he's on the microfiche. And we get that oh-so-necessary... I actually like this. It's a very limited backstory. It is, yeah. But you learn so much about the character. You do. He was from Miami. Of course he is. He was a, originally a carny, mm-hmm. then became a pro wrestler, Yep. and then moved to Gotham to become a criminal. Yep. Normal career path. Yeah, I guess. And then we also find out that he, as a criminal in Gotham, he was busted by Bullock. Right. On testimonial from Spider and Giant of the Snail, or Joy of the Snail, whatever. So mm-hmm. that's, now we know why yeah, he's Croc out for revenge, revenge against right. Bullock. And so he's going to frame him. So basically what Batman decides to do is use Bullock as bait because mm-hmm. he needs Croc to come to them. So we're at the GCPD. Croc gets in the car with Bullock. Well, Bullock gets in the car and Croc is driving. No. No? Bullock's driving and like oh. Croc hops in the car and it's like, we're going right. for a ride. And then of course sitting in the backseat in the dark shadow is the Batman. Yeah. Just kind of like awkwardly pause at Croc. Yeah. And then they crash the car. Bullock crashes. Yeah. And conveniently right next to the sewer entrance. Yeah. And we have the ever so necessary fight in the sewer. Of course. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Bullock's knocked out. Croc goes in the sewer. Batman follows him. Croc says something, which we've talked about before, which is basically like, I think he says, this isn't your bat. This isn't no bat cave. This yeah. is the sewers. This is my ground. Yeah. Because everyone knows and what again, the bat cave is. Yeah. Like even the villains know what the bat cave is. Yeah. God, he can give no secrets. Batman does play it smart, though. He puts on what I, I assume we're going to be like night vision infrared goggles, but I mm-hmm. think they're actually more of a filter. Yeah. Like a light filter. A light filter. And then he throws off a flashbang, which mm-hmm. blinds Croc, which gives him a slight advantage as they uh, they do a little tussle. Um, and then what, Croc gets him in like a headlock or something? Well, Croc starts, the, the sewer starts to fill up with water. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then so Croc, when it gets deep enough, Croc jumps in and obviously his environment is water. Yeah, um, slight advantage. So he pulls Batman underwater, and Batman kind of wraps his grappling... He's used his grappling hook to get out of a lot of situations these past few episodes. Yeah. Wraps yeah. it around Croc's arm. Mm-hmm. Cro- yeah, Croc has him in a chokehold. 
grabs the grappling hook, fires it at the sewer wall, and in an attempt to free himself, Croc breaks down the wall and the whole structure starts to collapse. Yeah, he gets buried under bricks, and then uh, Bullock, now conscious, back on the street, sees the sewer hatch pop open. Batman hobbles his way up, and you yeah. see that he's carrying a unco- an unconscious killer croc. And uh, you know, Bullock's got his gun pointed at him for kind of no good reason, really. But then he even asks him, "It's like, you know, why did you save him?" Yeah, why? No, not only why did you save him, but why did you stick up for me? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like after all, all the shit I've done, why did you stick up for me? And I forget. Batman basically is just like, oh, I I thought this was a huge moment because I remember in the first episode we talked about this about how Bullock and Bat or Bullock hates Batman because he sees him kind of encroaching on his. Oh turf. right, yeah. And so this, this, I thought this was a huge moment for the two of them because Bullock, yeah, why did you save me? And Batman says, um, we both have different ways of enforcing the law, but we both believe in it. Yeah. And that is that. I mean, that is the, the truth. Through line for those for, yeah, for those two characters is they have different ways of coming at it, but in the, at the end of the day, they both just want Gotham to be a better place. Yeah, they believe in the same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harvey Dent. Harvey, <laughs> they do. Everyone believes in Harvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then that ends it on a, a nice little note they found, like a little brief moment of uh, of solace. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much to say about like Croc himself. He's definitely kind of like a sea level villain. Like yeah. he, he kind of has appearances and other things, but he's never been a, a big thing himself. Like his whole thing is that he has an atavism, which is basically a uh, a genetic trait that has disappeared from the human genome that just randomly reappears. That's why he's all reptilian. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Like I'd say. If you're looking for some good stories with Croc, Hush. Yeah. He's in that. He's really good in that. He's in uh, the Batwoman run, the really good Batwoman run that kind of was at the beginning of the New 52. Did you read any of that? I haven't read that one. It's pretty good. And unfortunately, the writers left before they really had a chance to wrap up some, like, big storylines. Yeah, because it was, I remember there was that huge, I think this is the same run. There was that fiasco with the cover art being, like, too sexual. Was that the same series? I don't know if that was the same series. I, I, for me, I remember the big controversy on that was that the writers wanted Batwoman to get married to Maggie Sawyer because she like proposed to her, right, right, right. and like it, they had like a normal functioning relationship, and like no, they, you can't let them get married, and so that's why the writers left. Mm-hmm. And they they left like one issue before like a major resolution. Yeah. So it has kind of a eh, ending, oh. but it's still really good. There's some really good stuff in there. He's in that. He's in um, Batman Earth One Volume Two, mm-hmm. which I've forgotten about. I haven't read that in a while. And then, of course, he was in the Arkham Asylum comic, and then and game and the game. And I think for me, like the the Croc fight down in the sewers of Arkham, the first Arkham game, that's really really good. Oh yeah, it's it's one of the it's so much fun. Like in some ways, I feel like that's almost like the best adaptation of Croc we've seen, even maybe more so than the cartoon is mm-hmm. that scene because it really gives you that like that sense of fear that you're you know walking over the water. Where is he? Is he going to get you? So my my question is. What is so there's there's Killer Croc is obviously the more popular of the like sewer dweller villains, yeah. but there's also Shark King. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Why do they have him as well? Because I remember in the first time I saw Shark King was in um, the Assault on Arkham. Oh yeah, that's really good. That's animated a really good movie. movie. Uh, and the whole time I was just wondering. I mean, obviously because they needed spoiler, they needed someone to kill. Yeah. But I just I I never understood why there's basically two of the same character. But I mean, you know, we we have Plastic Man and Elongated Man. Okay, okay. we're not like, going to go into the the rubber, yeah, we, the rubber family. We, you know, it, I mean, Blue Beetle. Don't hate on my rubber boys. Green Arrow and Batman are almost the exact same. I mean, we get we get a lot of those kind of rehashes. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, and I, I've I've seen less stuff with Killer Shark. I think he's more Flash. Killer, right? 
Trevor, he's more Killer Shark's more Flash villain than Batman villain. Uh, yeah, he was also uh, with Suicide Squad and like Task Force. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was saying Croc is more kind of exclusively Batman. He's he's kind of a good um, big henchman to throw in every once in a while when we need one. Yeah, he was okay in Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, like the last two episodes, major characters from Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not a good movie. Um, but I thought Croc was fine, more or less. Yeah. Ish. He was about as important in the movie as he was in this episode. That's absolutely true. Yeah. What actually, I, I forgot to mention this. Uh, so he has this really, really awkward hobble when he's running towards the water. Oh, yeah. It's like a really, and I like, realized gangly shuffle. the same run in Suicide Squad. Oh, they do. And he like it's, crawls across the like ground. It's like a three-arm crawl. Yeah. Like he throws his legs. It's like a... Like a gorilla run, but only yeah. with one hand. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought it was hilarious <laughs> that they took that, of all things you could take from source material, that's what Suicide Squad stole. Or not yeah. Stole, uh, was inspired from. Yeah. It didn't bother to take, like, you know, the uh, the complex psychology of Harley Quinn or her, you know, much more intricate backstory no, or no, no. We need personality. This, we need three-second hobble into the yeah, water. Yeah, but hey, at least they grabbed something, you know. Right. They, they, they know where to make their picks. Yep. Uh, but uh, any other notes on, on Vendetta? No. No? All right. So it was just kind of a fun little episode. It was fun. You know, the thing is, it, we're, we're teasing it. It's actually pretty good. <clears throat> we had some great character development with yeah. Bullock and Batman. Yeah. Bullock backstory. Yeah. And Croc works. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's pretty fun. Um, okay, so now it's time for Batplug. Batplug. That's what he got for us. Uh, I, I took a little break from the nerd life, and I watched <gasps> a normal sitcom. What'd you watch? Sitcom? I, don't know, I don't know which honor to put this in. Uh, it's an Amazon series called Red Oaks. Okay, I saw of, that advertised. Yeah. Is it good? What's it about? I don't really I had, know. I had a lot of fun with that series. It's yeah? just kind of, it's about, um, uh, it's almost like Caddyshack the series. It's about oh, okay. uh, a bunch of college kids on their summer break working at a nice country club. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, and the first episode, I didn't really think I'd like any of the characters because they're all... They're not like a. It's not like stereotyped characters. They're all a little weird. Like the mm-hmm. ones you you obviously follow the high school or the college kids. There's the like the pot smoker one, the guy who has no idea what he's doing with his future, and then it's like the aged tennis instructor mm-hmm. <clears throat> who's hilarious, and his rivalry with the golf instructor, which I oh thought my was God. great. That sounds really good. Uh, yeah, and it's just it's, there's two seasons. It's like 20 episodes. I mm-hmm. pretty much watched it all weekend. Oh, nice. It's just kind of like a fun little palate cleanser yeah. show. I'll have to go check that out because like, I saw yeah, I saw an advertisement for it. I'm like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. It's a comedy, right? Comedy, dramedy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah more comedy than okay. dramedy. Okay. Yeah, have you I, been watching? Uh, you know, funny enough, I also kind of took a break from, from the nerd thing, and I started watching Insecure on HBO. Hmm. It's uh, Issa Rae's show. And it's really funny. Like, she has just amazing comedic timing. So I've been watching, like, Westworld and John Oliver and so real time. be watching Westworld. Yeah. Um, since we're at Nerdist, plug to Ptolemy. Oh, of course. Yeah, that our, being, our improv for greatest, coach. most hated character in the show. Yeah, good old Sylvester on the show. I, I, it's always weird for me to watch that show because I'm like... Right? Because so, his character is so different. It's a different experience. I don't know for people watching if you know anyone that's been in a... TV show or movie before, but yeah. it's a whole different experience watching it because you know yeah. the real person. And and for those who don't know, it's uh, the character of Sylvester, so the two techs that are working on Maeve. Yeah, Tandy Newton's character. Yeah, but yeah, he's Maeve. he's the asshole of the two of them. Yeah, but it's just funny because like it's so different. But right. yeah, but you know, as I've been watching all this HBO stuff, I've been like seeing what else mm-hmm. they have, and so I check out. I decided to watch Insecure, and it's really good. I, I highly recommend it. So I only right. just started, but it's really funny. Cool. 
But yeah, I think that's it for this week. So, you know, you can always find us on Twitter and Facebook and Gmail and all those things at, at Tim Talk Pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. that was a really clunky way to say it, but yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yes. Enunciate. Uh, you can find yeah. me at Cameron Dexter on everything. And I'm at Lordifer. And uh, once again, thank you to Trevor Reese for coming down and being our audio engineer. Go check out his podcast, The, the Podcast of Two Worlds, all about The Flash. And uh, as you could hear, we're recording down at the podcast booth at the Nerdist School, where Ptolemy works. Good old mm-hmm. Ptolemy of Westworld. So go check out Nerdist School.com. And thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.